I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a list for a year. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy. This is episode 365. 50 before 50. I have to do a long exhale at the beginning of this one. I try and look a half hour into this, just look ahead into the future. And I fear there could be a totally strawberry jam coming, a muddle, confusion, detours, and wrong turns, and a feeling that the map is faulty or that the narrator is unreliable. And it is nighttime. I haven't recorded at night in such a long time. Speaking of narrators, I did finish Daisy Jones and the Six, and nothing really unexpected happened. But there was a narrator revelation at the end of the book that was a surprise. It was a surprise, and I went back to the opening, to listen again to the first bit, to see if maybe I missed something. But in truth, I think this reveal is the unexpected. Definitely this was a twist for me. Definitely there is sadness in this book. I have a bunch of audio bookmarks for quotes that I want to write down. The book remains really lyrical for me. The voice is so well done so well done. I could just listen to these fictional people tell their story, their day-to-day story. Quote, this book is an attempt to piece together a clear portrait of how the renowned 1970s rock band Daisy Jones and the Six rose to fame, as well as what led to their abrupt and infamous split while on tour in Chicago on July 12th. 1979. Over the course of the last eight years, I have conducted individual interviews of current and former members of the band, as well as family, friends, and industry elite who surrounded them at the time. The following oral history is compiled and edited from those conversations, as well as relevant emails, transcripts, and lyrics. The complete lyrics to their album, Aurora, can be found at the back of the book. While I have aimed for a comprehensive approach, I must acknowledge that this proved impossible. Some potential interviewees were difficult to track down, some were more forthcoming than others, and some, unfortunately, have passed on. This book serves as the first and only time members of the band have commented on their history together. However, it should also be noted that on matters both big and small, Sometimes accounts of the same event differ. The truth often lies unclaimed in the middle. End quote. And that is from the introduction to Daisy Jones and the Six. The truth often lies unclaimed in the middle. And yes, narrators can be unreliable. And yes, sometimes stories are layered, and so full of right turns and lane changes and underlying philosophy 
that they can be time-consuming to tell, hard to follow, and, in the end, the simple summary seems exactly that. TLDR. Too long, didn't read. It's a real thing. It has value. I actually am often glad to see it, and yet I am guilty always of the long and rambling explanation. And worse, I'm not sure I could write a TLDR for most of my shows. There would be one, but then there would be others, more subtle ones. TLDR. I throw up an index card portrait and I could say a dozen things about it. I could skew how you view it. I could skew how you respond to it. I could say something that ends up making you comment on something ancillary, not the portrait, not what it says to you, not what you see or feel or think, not what you look at her and imagine her saying, I don't like to skew things that way. So I might just say nothing. But there is so often a story or two or three that goes along with that portrait, with the decisions that were made, or to explain what happened, to talk about the unexpected, or the slight change, or the nod to this or that. And sure, sometimes we want to talk about what went wrong, or what bugs us, or this is crooked, or that is wonky. All of that kind of setup tends to skew the viewing and skew whatever commentary happens. There are always stories that go along with something, and I'm so often hoping that someone looks and sees. I'm not a fan of skewing viewing. I wish people didn't preface the sharing of work with certain kinds of setups. And I try not to, even though sometimes I'd like to have those conversations. There's just never a perfect space, a perfect place, or a perfect time. I often wait, hoping someone sees what is happening in the portrait, and often the portraits I am most attached to, or feel, are technically best, or have the most emotional meaning and resonance for me, are not the ones that get noticed. Often stop and think about that. Narrators can be unreliable. We are vested in our own stories. Our interpretation comes from our own vantage, deep in the midst of something or with faded time in between. Our own understanding is not always from a point of clarity. More often than not, we just stumble through one step ahead, an invisible path, or maybe not invisible, Maybe we have an itinerary. Maybe the path is set and feels narrow. Or maybe the path is just too broad and too abstract and unclear. Maybe the path is hidden. Maybe the path is frightening. We could conjecture endlessly about the path. And about the fact that walking the path is really the goal and the point and what it's all about. The paths we walk, the whys, why nots, the what ifs. 
So last time I talked about a birthday list, a birthday day list. And I do encourage you to think about it. But you don't need to think about it until maybe a week or so before your birthday. It's supposed to be a short-term list, easy things, just fun, not a chore. Not a chore. This time, a different kind of list. A different kind of list. A list for a year. This could be any year. And I've talked in the past about things like 19 for 2019 or 20 before 2020. Those kinds of lists have been popularized by Gretchen Rubin, for sure, on her podcast. Although probably lots of people do these kinds of lists and talk about them. And we've talked, of course, about brain dump lists, everything, the kitchen sink and more. And then, yeah, there are bucket lists. Depending on your life circumstances, maybe you have one. I don't have a bucket list, so this is not a bucket list show. I have such tunnel vision right now. No sense that things will ever be significantly different or better or manageable in certain ways that I have no plans to make a bucket list. So that is not, not what today's show is about. But next year, I turn a decade. I turn a decade. And lists like that, yes, they are also common. 30 things to do before you turn 30, 40 before 40, 50 before 50. Whether it's places to see or things to do or books to have read or things to eat or just a general 30 before 30 or 40 before 40 or 50 before 50 list. You get the idea. These lists do, it's true, make you feel somehow like time is running out, like hitting whatever decade it is, is somehow an end rather than a beginning. There is that. And yet that is not my approach with this list that I am now doing and living. So those lists exist. And I have a history of doing a single project during the year leading up to a birthday. A quilt made over a year to mark my 40th. And I continued that for several years, different kinds of projects similar to that. Another quilt for 41 and then a wall hanging for 42 and so on. The busier I've gotten, the less stable everything sort of has become. And the more I have focused on drawing, the less I have spent working on fabric-oriented projects like that. So I haven't done a birthday year quilt in a few years. As I thought about this year, I knew that I wanted to do a project. And while I thought I might figure out a quilted project, I knew that I would also do some form of year-long journal project. I knew that I wanted to do that, something to really mark and commemorate this year. And I had a bunch of ideas about that. But as I continued to contemplate the year, I latched on to the idea, sort of next to it, sort of right alongside of my thinking about journals, I latched onto the idea of a list. 
a 50 before 50 list. That's going to end up about one a week, someone cautioned me, which is true. And I kept that in mind. I poked around online and in social media. I found all kinds of 50 before 50 lists. I saw people who set up Facebook pages to track their journey and to garner support, people who created blogs about their journey. I found a podcast about one person's journey, the need for the journey. And I did realize almost immediately that this is a journey. The need for the journey to be witnessed felt important. That seemed clear in finding these lists online, finding these tracking projects, these people checking things off, sharing what they had done, and keeping their accountability in a public way. These lists all vary, though. They vary a lot. Some people do set these lists up years in advance, more like a bucket list with an end date. For example, if I'd created a 50 before 50 when I turned 40, I would have been giving myself a decade to try and accomplish things. And my list would have been bigger in scope, grander in scale, more adventurous, probably definitely bigger things that were more to kind of chew off, more to chew on things that would really take more time or thought or planning. If I had done it when I was 30, you get the picture, but I've got a year and I thought I might need cheerleaders. I thought, and I still think actually that I need somehow to be seen because this really is a year that feels different. So I thought I might need cheerleaders and it is not lost on me. How grateful I am for the one or two people that I knew would somehow make time in their hearts and their lives to watch and to cheer. Because sometimes that's all you need is just somebody to say, well done, or good job, or what's next. So I knew that I probably could ask for that. But I also thought this could be a project to do with others, others in similar points of life. And in that time period, I kept running into things or rewatching old movies like The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And it created this whole thing in my head. There was a book, scavenger hunts. There was all this stuff going on at the same time, this pastiche of stuff all mixed up and mingling with this simmering cloud of 50 stuff. So I made a list. And because I didn't work it all out before my birthday last month, I did spend the first couple of weeks of this year ironing out my list, as well as ironing out the projects that I'm doing alongside of this list. I started my list with something really easy but something that will make me smile. It is not something I've never done before. And it is not hard to do or expensive. And several times as I worked on my list, I thought about just taking that one thing off. But it stayed. 
and it kind of cast the tone for the whole list. As I made my list, I didn't put chores on it. Of course, there are tests I need to have done or things I need to handle or take care of, and those are not part of this list. And I didn't put every project that I will do on it. And I didn't put goals, not goals. I didn't put things that would be complicated or impossible for me. I was really, really, really clear that this is not a bucket list. This isn't a dream list. This is a list really, really grounded in reality. But my goal with the list is that it is doable that it will guide the year, that it will help keep me from sinking in the year, especially as my son leaves for college in a few weeks, which I think is going to be really hard for me. So the list isn't full of pipe dreams. There were a few things that I had on my initial list, actually, that I ultimately took off because when push came to shove, I realized that chances were I might not actually manage to do those things. And one or two of those I still wish I had on the list, but I was really, really careful in how I made this list. So nothing too complicated. Most of the things don't really require that I buy anything, or if they do, it's relatively minor. There are one or two exceptions. But planning things that could be done simply was key for me. It was key for me and for this list for me this year. So I started out on the list and I stalled about halfway. I was very conscious of not putting too many projects on it because I could easily fill a list with projects. But too many of those I knew would end up possibly being unrealistic or unattainable. It might just feel like work. It might just be impossible in terms of time requirements. So I was looking for a balance. So while I was stuck where I was in this list, I pulled up a list of things to do in my area. And that was a turning point. I discovered that there were many things around me that I could put on the list that all held together somehow in terms of whimsy. Easy enough that I felt like I could do them alone, small enough to be manageable, things that wouldn't take a ton of time, but that I could fit in on weekends, but full of whimsy, a year of whimsy, year of whimsy. I was hooked. My list went from stalled to too big, too many things. And in this process, there are books I want to read and there are movies or TV series that I want to watch or rewatch. There are projects to do, a few foods to make or eat, some things I want to do that will fill time. And a few things I listed because I have gift certificates on hand and I'm awful about using them. So I kept moving things around in and off of the list, trying to find the right mix, the right balance, the right mix and the right balance. And even before I really finalized the list, I started, started 
doing things on the list because I was afraid not to get started. The days and weeks were passing. I'm going to talk in a subsequent show about how I am approaching and tracking the doing of the list and the journal project that I'm doing, but I have started. I do have a list of 50 that I consider pretty much the list, although I still think I might make a few changes over the year, but I'm going to see if I can live with it. I can always do other things too. I've done a couple of things already that I sort of wish hadn't been on the list, but they are, and the doing is the goal, and that's kind of the risk with this kind of list is something that you put on it and you have really good reasons for. It might not turn out to be quite what you expected or all that you expected, even if you didn't expect a whole lot, but it's okay. It's the doing, it's the checking off. As I cultivated the list speckled with small things to do and an overall tone of whimsy, the list has become a map and an adventure. I am not working through the list sequentially. I am doing things in whatever order works. I've already been foiled once, something I tried to do that just didn't work, and I will have to try again. It didn't work. I absolutely was unable to manage to park. It was silly, and it was frustrating, and it just didn't work. So I'll try again. And there have been days that have felt like standing still, like things are on pause. What I don't want to do is rush the list. I don't want to do all the out of the house things all at once and then be left with a whole year of just projects, things that already feel more and more like chores. I will say and will caution you if you consider a list that definitely too many projects is not the way to go. And those other things that are easy and fun and get you out and about are probably going to be much more enjoyable. So definitely keep that in mind. I am realizing that the allure of the out of the house, those things, that is important. That is important in this list. I didn't completely count on that. Although the ideas I had initially for the journal I wanted to keep, this bigger project I wanted to do, definitely were really rooted in that. And I put off some of those ideas for the future. So maybe this is all just an evolution and it all settled in just the way it was supposed to. I think that's really important though, the getting out. It's a galvanizing part of this list for me. This has just a little bitty bit of adventure to it because I am treating each of these things, no matter how small, as an adventure, as symbolic as worthy of recording, as a moment to ponder and appreciate and savor, stop and think about, learn from, reflect upon, all of those things. Anything that you do, no matter how quotidian, no matter how basic or how simple, how ordinary or everyday, if you do it with intent and you really stop and you think about it, and you look around and you take stock of how you feel and where you are and why you're doing it and what it means to you. Anything can take on that level of importance and value. And so I am treating each of these little things 
as something worthy of recording and tracking and adding up as these little footfalls on my way towards that next year marker. It also became clear to me when I did the first list that this list may be, for the most part, solo. And I have had to think about that a lot. There are a few things that I might feel more comfortable doing if someone tags along, but for the most part, I made this list in such a way that I really can and should be able to just do it and do these things alone. And I think that may be the most empowering way for me to handle this year. This year, which really does strike me as a transition. A transition somehow into being alone. And that isn't literally what is happening, but I feel it. I feel this year as a stepping stone into what the future holds. And I want to use this year and this list to really show myself that the path goes on, that there is a path, that I have to plan it and map it, not give myself a schedule, but that I have to actually be proactive about the doing of things. I did consider a separate set of shows about all of this. I have considered tracking this list publicly in different ways. I have considered using Patreon for this. I've considered a lot of things, a lot of things about this list. And probably it will just be what it is. A list that I work through that mostly I just work through. And then there are all these small projects that are part of it, which I would have done anyway. But I will be talking again about the list, I'm sure. You might see bits and pieces of it show up here and there. I might still take it somewhere else or start talking about it somewhere else. I definitely am leaving myself the room for that. But I wanted to go ahead and talk about it now. Throw this idea out for others of you to also think about. I like the idea of a 20 for 2020 or 20 before 2020. But for me, those would probably end up mostly being tasks, to-dos, things I needed to make sure got handled. This birthday year list is different. It is designed to inspire and nurture my whimsy, to give me built-in wander and just enough adventure. How much adventure you need, of course, is going to vary. My list doesn't have anything like skydiving or hot air ballooning. I don't need that. That's not me. So these are really small things. My things are so small. And I know that many people would see my list and think it both obvious and possibly even sad. But my list fits me. It has just enough challenge. Just enough challenge. Get me out of the house. Make me go somewhere. Make me seek out something new. In some cases, a return to someplace. In some cases, a place I've never been. Just a bit of wander. Just a bit of adventure. These things will be good for me. They will help give me lamp posts along the way. I'm consciously holding off on some of my things until fall when I think I might most need the map. So 
I am really enjoying just having this, knowing it is there. I'm not feeling pressured. I'm not stressed that I haven't done the same number of things as the week I am on. For several of my things, they're not things I'll just finish right away. So I have started things and checked things out and researched different things. Some of those things will all slowly come into real clarity and fruition. Others are things I need to drive somewhere, find it, see it, record it, check it off. I hope to inspire you to think about your own year as your next birthday approaches. My list is for a decade marker, but I'm already so enamored with the list that I can see having a list every year. I really can. It doesn't give a schedule. It just gives options. Options that inspire motion or options that inspire art. This project is really inspiring my art. Options that inspire reflection. It could be options that inspire journaling. So I am going to say that this kind of list can work for any age. I wish I'd been doing this all along. I really wish I'd been doing this all along. Make a list and try and check it all off before that next birthday. Make it carefully so that eating a certain food is one thing or making a certain food is another or reading a book you've always wanted to read is one. And add fun things too. Fun things like decorating a pair of shoes or a pair of old jeans or a book bag. Mix it up. Think about it. And if you decide to do a list and you need a cheerleader, yeah, let me know. Because I do understand deeply the need to be seen and the need to have someone provide gentle accountability. And if you're working on a project, especially that goes along with it, that is difficult to just throw out there in a big social space, I also understand that too. But just the list itself, 50 things, you might find that you fall off somewhere along the way. And maybe you just need somebody to say, hey, what's next? What I am most excited about already and what is already proving to be just right is the journal project that I'm doing. So that is still to come. I have mixed feelings on how to talk about it. There are a whole bunch of parts to it. There are several projects I really, really considered before deciding what I would do. And I put those off, but I do hope that those are in my future, that someday will be the right year for those other projects that I decided wouldn't really fit, not wouldn't fit, but those other projects that I didn't really think I'd be able to complete really do in this year. But the journal itself has already started to feel like home. And that's a good thing. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for this episode, for episode 365. Definitely a little bit of a rambling show. There's been so much going on in thinking about this list and in 
setting up how I'm going to do it and the ways in which I am making connections with other people. There's been a lot and the days are definitely rolling on. I couldn't put everything on pause and on hold while I figured out the perfect, perfect plan. But I do feel good about the plan. And I look at the list every once in a while and I think, hmm, what will I do next Saturday? Or what will I do on that weekend? Or which of those things should I do next? Or maybe I should go ahead and read this. And there are unexpected things that are happening already too. Partly fueled and fostered by this combination of list and journal. So if you have a birthday coming up, I hope you stop and think about it. It might not be the right year for you, but maybe it is. I don't know how old everybody is. And if your birthday is not until much later in the year, then you have plenty of time to give it some thought. Someday it'll be right. Or maybe you think, you know, I just really want a bucket list because I do want to go skydiving and I never have, or I do want to go to this place, or I do want to travel to this place. Who knows what makes your bucket list? And if that would make you happy, do it. If you need something a little more grounded, this kind of list is very doable. As always, I'm Amy and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Thank you very much to those of you who are at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativitymatters. The support of those of you at Patreon makes a tremendous difference for how I think about the show and for what is possible. I actually think I probably should start somehow recording the word each week also. I think I need to also do this. And started to go with a word that showed up in this show. It might be a word that will be edited out anyway. But I think I'm going to go with something else because it was on my mind today. I had to look it up to try and draw it for something. So we're going to go with the very ordinary, not opera glasses. So think you know what I mean? Those little things you hold up to look through so that you can see something that is far away. Opera glasses. So that is it. Some of you will laugh. And thank you to those of you who have played along recently with the secret words. I appreciate knowing that some of you make it this far in the show. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.